Hi, this is Mike Brissell, voice of Living with the Land and the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. We invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy your Grand Circle Tour of Tomorrowland with the Mickey Dudes Podcast. Hello, humans, and welcome to another episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Koch. Our producer, Greg Nevis, is out today trying to fix the Yeti, so he's not with us. And playing the part of the stink bug in tonight's performance is I co-host, Pacinetti. Looking for a laughing place? We'll show you a laughing place. We're also joined tonight by three of our awesome Mickey Dude rotating commentators. We have Kyle Ostrander. I wasn't prepared to go first. (laughs) (laughs) I like to throw a curveball. Chuck Fitzgerald. Kyle wasn't prepared to go first. (laughs) And our additional passenger extra large, Tim Schweska. First rule on Country Bear Fight Club, don't talk about Country Bear Fight Club. Why are you talking about it? You know it. And tonight we're going to skip our regular segments because we played around too much beforehand and now it's getting late and we need to get this recorded. So without further ado, we're going to go right into our topic. So we all have that one person or many people in our lives that give us that look that says, you're going to Disney again? Jerks. Why? That place is for kids. What a waste. As a matter of fact, one of our awesome Mickey dudes wrote a blog about that. Gentlemen, off the top of your head, can you remember who actually wrote that? Pat Janetti. Awesome. That's good, because I forgot. I was going to say, <laughs> I don't really read his stuff, so... <laughs> I can't remember what I wrote. I didn't I was read like, it either. I was like, oh crap, who wrote that? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and our very own awesome Pat Janetti wrote this article on our new blog, which can be found, by the way, at www.themickeydudes.com. So today I decided, when kicking around ideas, why don't we have a little hypothetical situation? We're bringing somebody down to Walt Disney World who has given us the you're going to Disney again question, and it's going to be our job as avid Disney fans to convince this person who does not get the Disney thing not necessarily to become a fan of the resorts but to help them see things our way what can we do what can we do to help other people get Disney simple rules each of you can give me three attractions explain why you chose to take this particular person on these attractions to help them fall in love with Disney. In addition to that, you're allowed to take them to one table service restaurant that you think will blow them away. They can experience one quick service restaurant. And I'm also going to throw you guys a bonus by giving you two wild cards. This can be absolutely anything. It could be a bar. It could be a ride. It could be a hotel, it could be a restaurant, 
anything you want to add into that that will help this person fall in love with the place that we all love. Oh, and by the way, I also forgot, we're also talking hotels here. Which hotel would you make them stay at to really get into the Disney bubble and get this thing that we all love, this Disney? We are going to start with hotels, and I am going to start with my co-host, Pat. Well, this is pretty easy for me. If I'm going to take anybody down to Disney that needs to see what it's all about, I'm taking them to one of the originals. I'm taking them to the Poly. I'm taking them to the Polynesian. Very simple because of the theming. All right. When you think of Disney, you think of theming. You think of immersing yourself. You walk through the doors and you see the statue of Maui and you can just feel right away you are in the South Pacific. You walk through, you could see the pool and the volcano pool and you could see the great pool and the beach and the water and across the way you actually get to see your first glimpse maybe of the castle. It's phenomenal. It's just, it's, it's one of those hotels that you never forget. I am a DVC member, and that is my home resort. And I just, I can never, I can't get enough of it. When I'm there in October, I can't, I just, I don't, I won't ever want to leave. Um, the hotel is great with restaurants, with amenities, with everything. And you're just dab smack in the middle of everything with the monorail going through um, and everything with the resort loop. It's just, to me, it's the perfect resort. So if you really want to get somebody and you want that wow moment for them, then you bring them to the poly, you show them around. And you show them just how close you are to the Magic Kingdom, especially maybe at night with the fireworks or with the electric water pageant. It's all right there at the Poly. Pat, I agree with you 100%. I didn't actually choose it as mine for that reason. I figured you would go to it right away. So I'm glad I have my uh, reserved hotel all set up. And with that, we're going to go to Tim. All right, well, if we're going to be going with hotels, I'm going to go ahead and go with mine, and that is going to be the Animal Kingdom Lodge. I think, Pat hit it right on the head, Disney is all about theming, and whereas you actually can get a little bit of a glimpse of, you know, the Magic Kingdom and the TTC and everything from the beach of the Polynesian, The Animal Kingdom Lodge completely immerses you into the African savanna. You you pull in, if those of you who have been to the Animal Kingdom Lodge, you pull in, you are completely into a different world. You walk into, you know, you walk into that great lodge, you see, you know, you see the huge headdress that's in that's in the lobby, the architecture, the huge window that's that overlooks uh, the Arusha Rock. It's just it is theming at Disney's finest. They really, they really pull out all the stops when they design the Animal Kingdom Lodge. And where else are you going to go where you can enjoy your morning coffee with giraffes? Or as Dave found out, a cast member washing a rock. <laughs> <laughs> and what kind of coffee would that be? Well, obviously, I'm very glad you asked that question, Dave. And I know that especially Mickey Dude Pat can back me up on this. Nothing better than enjoying a morning coffee with giraffes than Joffrey's coffee. I 100% agree. And tonight I happen to be drinking Roastmaster's Reserve. It's very, very good. Very nice. But 
Uh, my my pick for that would be the Animal Kingdom Lodge, just because number one, just the theming. It, it always goes back to the theming. Disney really, uh, really does know the devil is in the details, and you really, you really see it come uh, come forth in uh, in a quality resort like Animal Kingdom Lodge. Not to mention you have uh, a really, you know, you have a beautiful, classy lounge in Victoria Falls. You have a nice casual pool bar in Uzima Springs. You have a very uh, diverse menu at the Mara, their uh, their counter service. You have two great restaurants in there. You have Jiko, you have Boma, and then of course over at Kidani Village you have Sanaa. It's uh, it, quite honestly, it's it, there's a reason it's my favorite resort. You didn't mention Zebra Domes. Dave, I was leaving that for you. You can go ahead and mention Zebra Domes to your heart's content. I just did, but the other thing that I love about that resort is when you're walking in those sliding automatic doors it's almost like it's almost like a curtain being pulled back on a stage as you walk into that majestic lobby it's a, it's a build up i i completely agree especially like when you're walking in and the ceiling's low right there when you walk in you have to clear the doors and then as soon as you clear the doors it just opens up and, and that's a reveal. That's a wow moment for sure. Not to mention, I've never actually been in a place that is that uh, that is that expansive that when you walk in, you actually have a comfort feeling of wow, I'm home. I mean, it's that's that's one thing my wife said as soon as we walked in the first time we ever stayed there back in 2003. When we checked into the room, she looked at me and she said, "I have never ever walked into a place like this and felt." just comfort pour over me like I did with this. I mean, it's in the end, it's it's the same every time you walk in. You, you walk in and you feel, you really do feel like you're home. Chuck, where are we going? Well, you know, when I when we first talked about this topic, I thought the Poly would be a good choice. Um, but I think I'm going to go over to the Contemporary. I mean, we're trying to get someone to see Disney in a different light. And that hotel, with the proximity to Magic Kingdom, just the the views that that hotel offers, especially in the tower, um, are outstanding. And then you have the monorail running through the hotel, which is second to none the coolest feature of any hotel that is on Disney property. So i'm gonna have to go with the contemporary i mean you have the monorail you have the walking path to magic kingdom but with the monorail i mean why would you want to and then uh you know just it's an all-around great place and it's like just from an engineering aspect uh, jeff would appreciate this argument and probably be able to make it a little bit better than i could um it's just astonishing yeah, Jeff could definitely make that point a lot better than you, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's a big building. <laughs> it's 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 awesome. Yeah. Hey, did you awesome. see also a train goes through it? That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he meant by engineering. He thought it meant all by trains and everything. Oh, yeah. Choo-choo. Oh, good job. That's not the engineering that we're talking about? Look, Ma, them trains ain't got no wheels. And to... Uh, basically uh, control this madness we're gonna go over to kyle <laughs> well first off gentlemen thanks for not taking my idea because i had nothing else back up i'm going to head over to the wilderness lodge i think this is the first ho- first hotel i ever walked into or instead of going right to the check-in counter to get my room I actually it stopped me and i had to go look around and taking all the ambiance and again the perfect theming of it 
But I think for the first time, the first time visitor, you know, it's not slamming in the face with Disney. There's not Mickey's everywhere. There's not kids running around. I think it's a good introduction into the Disney world with the theming in it. And it's got a excellent bar. I think probably the best on property or territory lounge. And the pool is decent, pretty decent, with a very cool pool bar next to it. See, so whenever the kids are in there, Dad can go enjoy his mango margarita or his high lie or seven and start the vacation off right. <laughs> Wilderness Lodge, I mean, I, the, the grounds, if you've actually ever stayed in some of the, uh, some of the, old, uh, the old school lodges up in the Pacific Northwest or in, uh, in the American West, it's, uh, the Wilderness Lodge is done very, very close to, uh, close to what they do. It's uh, it, it's very very reminiscent again another one where Disney did their homework you know again the theming on point that's uh, that's one thing I fully believe Disney really can't be beat on and that is theming definitely plus on top of that it's the same architect as the guy who did uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge so you know it's gonna be grand because that one was the first one that came and they were looking to top it so you knew they had. Uh, a lot to work with from there. And coming over to me, I love a good deluxe hotel, but sometimes a little bit simple is better. There's a reason for the phrase simple yet elegant, and that's why I'm going over to Port Orleans Riverside. This hotel has everything. You have a beautiful section of antebellum style mansions you have rustic style cabins you got these really nice walking paths that can be a bit romantic during the night you can go fishing there they have some world-class entertainment with yeehaw bob they have a very good table service restaurant and on top of that two very good quick service restaurants since they have a sister resort with that is within walking distance And by extension of that, you can take a nice walk, as I said, or for that matter, a carriage ride over to the French Quarter, where the theming is just completely on point, as if you stepped out of Florida into New Orleans. I agree with you, Dave, 100%. And this is something that I don't think I've ever said before. Port Orleans as a whole is a fantastic resort, but I think you missed one of the biggest features that that resort has. It has the boat to to Disney Springs. You know, actually, you want to talk yeah, about a right. nice, relaxing trip. That's it. You know what it is with Disney Springs? I really don't go there as much. It's really not my thing. My feeling is I have good bars. I have good restaurants out by where I am. I don't need to go to Disney Springs when I'm in Florida. I'd rather be in the theme parks. So I really kind of discount Disney Springs because it's really just not. So my you're thing. saying I, it's I not a fifth gate. I can't stand you, Dave. I cannot stand you. I cannot stand you. I cannot stand you. Weeks upon weeks upon show after show. It's the fifth gate. Oh, it's the locals' fifth gate. Ah, I'm from New York. It's the fifth gate. (laughs) What are you doing? I I don't go there. I'm too cool to go to Disney Springs. It's not the fifth gate. Blah, blah. You look at the parks. What are you even talking about right now? I will go to Disney Springs if other people are at Disney Springs, but I'd rather be in the parks. I was saying that it is the locals' fifth gate. The locals like going down there. A lot of people enjoy Disney Springs. It's, I don't have 
it's not that I don't have a good time when I go down there. If I'm with good people, I can have a fun time no matter what. And if it means that if I'd rather be down in Disney Springs with good people than in the parks alone. But if I had my druthers, I'd rather be in a park. So that's probably why I just kind of discounted the whole boat ride to Disney Springs, which, by the way, is quite a lovely ride. It really is. And if you do it during the daytime, you have the uh, treehouse villas um, that you pass. You have the golf course that you literally drive underneath the bridge um, for the golf carts. It's just a fantastically scenic view that you have during the daytime. And at nighttime, there's nothing around. It's a very relaxing boat ride. All you hear is the boat and the water splashing up against the sides of the uh, canal or the Sasagula. Um, so really, I.e. the yeah, man-made I think, canal. I, I agree. Well, Abs- you know. Absolutely. It has a name, though. The Sasagula River. Yes. And as a runner, I just really enjoy... I savor runs over at that resort. It's just such a nice... Uh, change of pace you can go around to all the all the buildings circle around you're kind of just transpl- transported to another place as disney tries to do with all of its theming it's also a nice place to uh, be when you miscalculate the yeehaw bob shows and <laughs> decide to go walk around a little bit it's a nice place to get lost in at least there's beignets oh yes all yes. the beignets yes it's uh i would i would definitely have to agree with you dave uh you know it's you really it's hard to tell you're at a moderate resort when you walk uh, when you walk onto the grounds of Riverside or Port Orleans. Another one, again, I, I hate to keep you know beating a dead horse. The theming is just absolutely on point, but it's also I've never been in a resort that's been that that's been at capacity, and it actually still is able to be quiet. That is that was one of the most amazing things that I found about Port Orleans staying there. The resort was full, yet you still had peace and quiet. Well, I think one of the things that I just thought about, you know, we've been talking about the resorts now for probably about 15 minutes, is that I think our next top 11, because we're talking so much about resorts now and how deep we're going into them, I think our next top 11 might be our top 11 resorts on Disney property. And then, of course, you know, the next uh, the next blog that's going to be written is Why Disney Springs Sucks by uh, Dave Koch. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that. But... But yet it's the fifth game. <laughs> and my counterparts like to put words in my mouth. So considering that we are a bunch of guys and we have a few things constantly on our mind, we're going to go to the next topic that's a big thing on men's minds. No, not that. We're going to food. And we are going to start with quick service restaurants. Which quick service would you have a non-Disney believer visit to become a fan of the Walt Disney Resort. Pat, you're up. I'm going to the Fifth Gate. Uh, oh, no, I mean, I'm going to the local... No, I'm going to Disney Springs. And actually, I'm going to go to the Earl's Sandwich. The reason why I'm going to the Earl's Sandwich is because a lot of people do not think they can go to Disney and get something very reasonably priced where you don't have to wait forever for food. And it's really good, plus... A lot of people like sandwiches for comfort food purposes. It also will start to show them Disney Springs itself, especially with all the additions they have put in recently. I really think it's a good way to take them away from the parks and just show them something else. 
That is why I would take them to the Earl of Sam. Pat. Especially getting them the holiday sandwich. That would be the kicker. Pat, all things considered, you are correct, except for one thing. You are not going to get your food fast over there. There are times I, 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 I am salivating, oh waiting for my sandwich, and then they give you that stupid buzzer, and it's you're holding it in your hand, and you're looking at it, and you're like, light up. Come on. You know when they say, watch a pot of boil? You know when they say, watch a pot of water, and it will never boil? It's the same thing with those buzzers because I'm just waiting for I'm just waiting for it to light up in my hand, start vibrating so I can hand it back to the sandwich server and get my sandwich and it just seems like it takes forever. But what I am going to say is this. I've been there on many of occasions where the line is actually out the door and I have not waited more than 5 minutes for my sandwich. Exactly, 5 minutes. Not acceptable. I want it when I want it. I'm a New Yorker. If I'm going for oh fast God. food, I want it served to me right away. Who are you? Who I are want you what I want you're, when you're, I want it. I'm a New Yorker. That's what I tell my classes. You, that's that's just how I run my life. Are you Veruca Salt? Who are you? Earl of Sandwich I am fast a typical food, New food Yorker. made to order. I mean, it's not McDonald's or Hardee's. It's a freaking sandwich place that makes it to order. It's not Subway. Can you or, please say McDonald's again? McDonald's. Yeah, what was that again? Uh, McDonald's. McDonald's. And with that, where are you going, Kyle? I know it's not McDonald's. Well, for quick, I had a really hard time trying to find a quick service restaurant that would convince someone to, hey, this is Disney. But I was going to send them to my favorite place, which is the Columbia Harbor House. Um, imagine them, you know, it's noon in Magic Kingdom. They've been out all day. They're hot. They're sweaty. Columbia Harbor House has really good food. If you go upstairs, you have a nice, quiet spot to rest to rest and relax for at least your meal even longer while you wait for your Haunted Mansion Fast Pass to come up. I can dig it. And the broccoli soil is awesome. Yes, it is. And the homemade chips and the lobster roll and the everything. I mean, like, the theming's not, like, in your face or anything like that, but that's how I imagine some kind of, like, fish hut back in the day when they got out sailing. Perfect. That's all I got. Sorry, guys. No problem. Chuck, where are you going? I'm actually going to go to Animal Kingdom. And in our episode of... I don't even remember what one it was. We all went there for lunch. I'm going to go to Flame Tree Barbecue. Yeah, it's outside, so it's going to be a little warm because, you know, it's Florida. But I think the variety of food that you can get there... Um, and the quality of food, most importantly, is really important. It, it's not just what you hear at every um, naysayer's convention about Disney. Oh, it's burgers and hot dogs. No, it's not. It's actually really good food. And if you don't like barbecue, you can walk over to uh, Harambe Market and go get yourself pretty much anything you want over there. It's got a very nice uh, you know, range of flavors, and it's not in-your-face Disney. I mean, a lot of people that are against Disney are against the in-your-face Disney. They think it's going to be nine-foot-tall Mickey Mouse every turn, you know, $75 hot dogs. But this is, you know, a very low-key themed, fantastically area that is in a Disney park. So that's where I think uh, the best bet And the planets must be aligning, my friend, because I'm actually in agreement with you. That was actually going to be the one that I would have chosen. So I'm going to do a quick change up for mine. Anybody else have anything to say on Flame Tree? 
Flame Tree um, is just, I mean, I, I would have to agree with Chuck. I mean, Flame Tree is a great representation of the fact that there's not just burgers and hot dogs down there. There's actually a nice, diverse uh, uh, array of good food out there. Really is. You're not just ending up with McDonald's quality food. Yeah, me being from the South, we're pretty picky about our barbecue down here, and that's some pretty darn good barbecue in Florida. And then plus they get you it real fast, like for New Yorkers, too. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, yes, they do. And speaking of that, Tim, where are you going? Well, I'm going to go ahead and throw caution to the wind, and I am not going to take them to any sort of a quick service with entrees at all. I'm going to go take them to one of the signature items of the Magic Kingdom and all of Walt Disney World that will definitely hook somebody on wanting to come back. I'm taking them to Aloha Isle, and I am handing nice. them the one, the only, the Dole Whip. Are you doing it as a regular whip or in float? Oh, we're going float. We are going float. You're getting that fresh pineapple juice. You're getting those spears. You're getting, you're getting the soft serve. Oh no! When if you're going, you know if, if we're gonna go, we're going all out. Let them experience the absolute majesty that is the Dole Whip. Let them know what's okay. what's the, uh, you know, let them know that all the hype, all the uh, all the fervor, all of uh, you know, all the praise, it's deserved. Then you're gonna say it's really good, but wait till you try this and hand them such a swirl. I mean, we're, we're we're not we're not talking about we're not talking about you know the deities here. We're not. We, we, we will talk. We will talk about the Church of Orange Bird later. But I'm talking about the, the better okay. known. The better known. The, the introduction exactly. to the good stuff. <laughs> I got you. I'm actually surprised that it came up now. I knew it was going to come up, but I just assumed that it would be coming up in the wild cards. And that leaves me. So as I said before, Chuck took my idea of Flame Tree Barbecue. So I'm going to stay in the Animal Kingdom, and I'm going to go over to Harambe Market. And I'm going to do this for a couple reasons. First, the variety of food. There are three different uh, windows that you can get uh, all sorts of unique foods that you wouldn't expect to find in Disney. All these different type of, uh, I wouldn't say corn dogs, but they're basically uh, corn dog-like curried sausages that are absolutely delicious. You have various types of stewed meats and chickens. I do kind of miss the fact that they're not uh, serving uh, chocolate animal poop anymore, but that's neither here nor there at this point. But the other reason why I'm going to go over there is for the theming of it. And I keep coming back to this story of a uh, cast member, one of that I met at the Animal Kingdom once, This is one of the cultural representatives that uh, they bring over from Africa that tells uh, stories about their homeland in both the lodge and inside Harambe. And they were telling me how taken back they were by the theming that Disney does for all of their parks. They said when they walked into the Harambe section of the Animal Kingdom, they were completely stunned because the buildings looked like something that would be back in their own hometown from the faded side and some of the exposed brick to the different types of uh, signage. it They said it was hit spot on. So you're continuing something that you would find in a little market, be it in Mozambique or in Zimbabwe or something like that. So right there, just to teach them about the theming of Disney, 
I'm going to go over on a fly to Harambe Market. Yeah, completely agree. I think you got a great idea there. Yeah, the only thing is it is actually a corn dog. It is a corn dog? Well, they say it's a curry corn dog, but Disney uh, mutes their flavors, so it's a corn dog. I had it last year. I'm like, oh, this is great. It reminds me of a, oh, yeah, it's a corn dog. (laughs) I opted for another uh, window the last time I was there because that window was uh, way too um, long of a line. And I didn't want to wait. And I can't wait for my food because I'm a New Yorker. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, I'm a growing boy. I need my sustenance and I need it right away. Is that a New Yorker from Charlotte or something? (laughs) It's funny. Good Lord, dude. That was horrible. Don't. You're making fun of Dave and me at the same time. Forgive him. He's from Connecticut. I hate my state. Sorry. Get off my lawn, I'm cranky. Before we go on to restaurants, fellas, let's kind of switch gears and move on to attractions. Three attractions to totally let our naysayers become yaysayers. Pat, what's your first attraction? Uh, The first one I'm going with is, if you listen to our Top 11 attraction show, this was my number one. I'm, I'm taking them to Splash Mountain. It's not even up for debate for me. I think, again, the word of the night is going to be theming. But you you get an 11-minute ride, and the theming is ridiculous. And it's got everything to from you know the relaxing boat ride where you could see the Magic Kingdom to that excitement with the drop. Um, and then you get the big reveal where they're singing Zippity-Doo-Dah. It's just such a great ride. And I think that ride itself encompasses just everything Disney has to offer in such an amazing way. They say Disney is for kids, these people, not us, obviously. But it is good for them to experience some of the childlike wonder that does come with Disney. As Walt Disney said in his opening dedication of Disneyland, here age relives the fond memories of yesterday. So and what is a better way than to put these people in their own cartoon? Good choice, Pat. Thank you. Kyle. Yes, sir. What's your first attraction you're taking these people on? All right. All right. When, I, when I approach the attraction uh, section of this, I try to imagine a family like mine, you know, mom, dad, two kids, preteen and younger. And I'm trying to find something that will encompass the whole family. Well, the first one's not going to do that. So my first pick was Expedition Everest. This is getting the, like Dave said before, the places for kids mindset out of their minds. Repetitive there, and it's going to show the the dad, the old the mom, and the older kid that you can have a fun thrill ride in a place for kids. Oh, that's probably the one of the best rides, one of the best roller coasters, except for Big Thunder Mountain in Walt Disney World. I can dig it. If the Yeti would work, it'd be a whole lot better. But they don't know that because of the first time. Would it be a whole lot better? I think they would even miss it at that point. You got to know where to look for the Yeti at this point. I think people who don't know any better, sometimes it just kind of just goes right over their head and they still have an excellent time on that ride. Well, not only that, you only see the thing for, what, a half a second? Yeah. If it's not strobing at the right time, you don't even see it. So we are in agreement. Let's see if we are still in agreement. Chuck, what are you doing? Well, my first option was going to be Splash Mountain um, because, (laughs) like like Pat said, theming. So I'm going to continue with that theming, though. I'm going to just stay in the same park and go over to Haunted Mansion. If you can do it at night, that's the ideal time to do it. 
uh, because the cast members get a little bit more into it. But when it comes to theming of the building itself, providing there's not huge scrims up when they're doing refurbishment on the exterior. Um, this is happening now. It's just a fantastic, well, yeah, you know, small detail. It's just a fantastic ride. I mean, you're inside, so you're escaping the Florida heat because people who like to complain about Disney say it's too hot because it's Florida. Well, hey, it's Florida. Um, so you, you get the air conditioning, you get to sit down, and you just get a fantastically entertaining ride. You don't have to understand the backstory to understand what's going on and to enjoy what's going on. Yeah, there's a backstory that makes it much more interesting, but the fact that the ride just exists on its own accord is really where everyone should be going. I mean, this is the epitome of a fantastic attraction. Excellent choice, Chuck. Tim, where are you going? Well, I'm going to go ahead and try and take a page out of the uh, out of the all-encompassing. I'm going to go with Tower of Terror. And the reason I'm going with Tower of Terror is you actually can kind of, again, grab the theming and also grab the throw ride all in one. You actually get to see what the Imagineers are capable of. You also get to see what, you know, what Disney is capable of as per a thrill ride. You actually get a chance at something. You know, you actually get a chance at seeing how they can actually do, you know, six of one, half a dozen of another. I mean, you really can. They really can actually do the theming. Plus, they can give you every bit of the thrill ride. The uh, the, the consensus sometimes, the unpopular, well, the popular consensus sometimes is that Universal can outdo Disney on thrill rides. And the fact, I think the matter of the fact is, I think Disney can do them just as well, if not better. But they also want to try to keep in mind they're, they're making this park for all ages. And I think Tower of Terror is a great example of that. Totally agree. Now, my choices actually came from a real-life scenario because I was in the parks a couple weeks ago and I was traveling with a friend of mine who also bought a friend of hers that basically always uh, gave her the same, you're going to Disney again. So our job was to really make this guy fall in love with the parks and we actually did because he said he'll definitely be back. And one of the first things that he was really enamored with was a sunset safari on Kilimanjaro. Now, the new nighttime safari, it's hit or miss. It's very hard to see in some of the sections, so I wouldn't actually recommend going on a pitch black safari after uh, maybe 9.30 at night when there is no more sun. I would go and ride Kilimanjaro safaris Right after sundown, try to get a fast pass. If you ask Siri on a certain date what time sundown is, she'll be able to give you an exact number, an exact time of sundown. You can then try to plan your fast passes around them. I would basically get in line as the sun's going down. It's going to be maybe about 5-10 minutes. So you still, after sundown, you still have a little bit of light in the sky. You can see everything on the savanna, and the reason why I'm going to tell you to go at that point is that's when the lions are traditionally in the wild and on the safari. They're finding that that's when the lions are the most active. We had three lions out. They were all kind of uh, not giving their full roar, but they were kind of just giving their... uh, They were making some sounds that were unmistakably a wild cat that you do not hear every day and just 
kind of just seeing them kind of just come onto Pride Rock from out of uh, nowhere. It was it was majestic, and it's were the lion were the lions purring like Figaro. Actually, they cannot purr. If you if you oh, paid attention in biology class, only felines the joke. purr. I was just I was just I was just curious. So. The largest cat that can purr is a North American mountain lion. That a boy, Kyle. That was impressive. Well done. My my buddy Kyle backs me up. Yeah, you know, we're boys. You. Yeah, the Mickey Dude's Wild Kingdom. I, I was I was in the park the same time you were, Dave, and we went. We did our normal eight o'clock early Magic Hour Kilimanjaro Safari, and this is probably the first time we ever rode it that none of the animals seemed to be very active, even that even that hour in the morning. So I don't know if it was nighttime or just a bad day for the animals, but I don't know. Wait a minute, you did it at the morning or you did it at night? We did the early morning hour, eight o'clock oh, okay. in the morning. Probably got back there about eight fifteen ish, eight twenty ish, and all the animals weren't really doing anything. The giraffes were all in the shade, and we, we didn't see no, we didn't see the rhinos this time. We got attacked by one last time, so we had a rhino charging at our truck when I went at that uh, golden hour of sunset. But the more important question, Kyle, were there any? Uh, Cast members out there power rushing rocks. There, I saw a wild John Deere. Oh, really? Cruising around. <laughs> very green, and the camo- and the camouflage wasn't working very well when he scared the crap out of the ostriches. Of all people, you would know about John Deere. Made you feel just at home. I got two of them. That doesn't surprise me in the least. Pat, what's your next one? Um, I'm going. And let's see. I got two choices here. So. uh I'm going with pirates. I, I really can't. Same idea with Splash. It the theming it immerses you, and you have that wow moment when you go right into and you open up into the battle scene between the two boats. Um, I think again, it's Disney at its best, especially after the refurbishment. I know some people don't like the addition of Johnny Depp, and you know, going too modern with it. But at the same point in time, I think it kind of just brings stuff into the modern world. But you also get to see a lot of classic Disney in it as well. So I, I do think it's a really, really solid attraction to get people into the whole Disney theme idea and get them really to start saying, hey, this place is pretty cool. Chuck, where are you going? I'm going to go with the all-time classic attraction of Dumbo. Hopefully by this point we're starting to make a little bit of headway with these people that we're bringing with us. And who can't enjoy themselves while riding in a ginormous elephant? <laughs> Sorry, I just have I have issues. I'm sorry. You have more issues Dumbo than Newsweek, my friend. You get on Dumbo with the kids and hop right off, go over to Barnstormer, and great times. No weights. Yeah, there's no weights, and every single ride has a family enjoying themselves. I mean, it's not like you're standing at Main Street at, you know, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You're sitting in line, if there is a line for Dumbo. All these kids are having a fantastic time. Their parents are having a fantastic time because of that. So it just really, it shows that there's much more than just people being miserable waiting in line. You see, that's one attraction that I wish there was a long wait on still. Because that playground that they have for the children is absolutely awesome. And when you actually see the kids playing in that, they are having such a great time watching their faces. That's what Disney is all about. And also, if you got if you do have a wait, long wait, you're waiting inside the air conditioning. That is true. 
Kyle, where are you going? I guess we're going to Hollywood Studios and we're going to ride Toy Story Mania. Now, it's not my favorite attraction, but if you're trying to get someone into Disney, this is the way to go. It's going to get the whole family involved, again, from the younger guy all the way up to dad, whose comp- who's competitive spirits are going to start coming out. And the kids are going to have fun competing against each other. They're going to brag about it all day long. They're going to talk about it all day long. And it might be one of their favorite rides. So when it's time for our next trip to plan, they're begging you to, let's go now so we can go ride Toy Story. And you know something else about that ride? That 3D just pops out on you. Yes, it does. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> oh, I get it. I got boo. <laughs> Uh, I got it so quickly, uh, my simple mind just got that up. Like, oh, that's funny. Uh, Tim, where are you going? Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, go over to the Magic Kingdom, and I'm going to do. I'm going to take him to the Jungle Cruise. Yes. One of the big things, uh, the, one of the reasons why I'm taking him to the Jungle Cruise, I want I want them to see the uh, in kind of the original dream that Walt had with his theme parks. The Jungle Cruise, I think, is a perfect example of that. Uh, just like Kyle was talking about earlier, about they he want they wanted to do some sort of a wild animal cruise, and then and one of the questions that was asked to Walt is, well, are they? What if the animals aren't awake? What if the animals aren't there? Walt's answer was, we'll make our own animals. So this is this is something where you can show them kind of where everything all started, an attraction that comes from the original Disneyland that is still popular today. The and also the 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 skipper shtick is half of the is half of the ride. If you really get into it, you let yourself actually just let loose, have fun. It's it's a great you know it's a great all around ride, and it's it's just so much fun. It's it tells you so much about the history of Disney. It tells you so much about you know where they started and where they've come. It really is neat. So I mean that's that's why I'm taking them there. It's an awesome attraction. Yeah, we went there on our last trip two weeks ago, and it was the first time I had a skipper go off um, uh, script. Instead of getting the back side of water, we got the front side of rocks, which caught <laughs> me off by surprise and was made it much funnier. Now, have you ever rode the Jungle Cruise as the last ride at night and no children happened to be on the boat? Nope. Anybody? I have, I have. Have you experienced nope. the edgier version of the Jungle Cruise? I can neither confirm nor deny edgier what I version. heard. Where's this? Sometimes, if you get on the Jungle Cruise as like the last ride of the night, right before they're closing, and it's usually like if it's one of these nights where it's open to like 3 a.m., and there are absolutely no children, and it's basically millennials and maybe Gen Xers on, on the uh, vessel. Uh-huh. Your skipper might get a little more creative, and it might just be a little bit more edgy and filled with uh, innuendos that can make the country bears blush. Very nice. Same thing actually happens with Turtle Talk with Crush when there's just adults in there, and then he pulls out a Buzz Lightyear and asks, what's this? And then he says, whoa, I got a little buzzed. I got a little buzz. <laughs> Jeez. Also heard on the the Jungle Cruise about uh, parade time when all the managers got to go deal with that. The skippers also be a little more edgier. 
Interesting. I would assume with children, though, they have to kind of uh, curtail themselves, but it is something that if you happen to be in the parks at that time with just adults, let's say you're taking a couple's uh, trip or something, something to consider maybe. It's a hit or miss. And with that, I am going to go to Dinosaur. And I'm going to basically use the same logic that uh, Tim used with the Tower of Terror. It's not in-your-face Disney. It's really great detail. It's a good story. It has a bit of a... Uh, it has a bit of a thrill ride capacity to it. It's also a dark ride. It basically kind of just transports you into the Cretaceous period, actually. And... I still kind of hold my breath. I know I'm going to make it, but I kind of believe it when you hear, dit, 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 you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it. I still kind of just get a little excited thinking that, you know, I could be stuck down here and all of a sudden those red lights come on and I'm really calm and it's, oh yeah, I made it. So it still hooks me in to this day, even though I know the story. So I'm definitely going to have somebody else that wants to experience Disney I'm hoping that they'll basically just fall in love with the place based on that ride. When I go, when I go to down to Disney in October, that that ride's going to be down, and I'm actually pretty disappointed about it. It is one of those rides that anytime I'm into the Animal Kingdom, I love to do. And pretty much for what you're saying, Dave, it's 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 a it's a really solid ride, but it doesn't scream Disney right in your face, too. So awesome point. Thank you. And for our final ride, Pat, where's your last ride going to be? Uh, I'm going Space Mountain. Um, I kept all three in the Magic Kingdom on purpose, and I, you know, I'm going to attribute this uh, thought process to my wife. She said, the, "She said the Magic Kingdom's like the cake. Epcot, Animal Kingdom, uh, Hollywood Studios—that's the frosting, and then everything else is kind of the sprinkles on top. But the Magic Kingdom is is the is the main part of Disney, and you're really going to see it with these three rides that I chose. And Space Mountain, I think, is is one of those things because again, it's a kind of a thrill ride um but it's pitch black and you're only going 28 miles an hour and i think once you get off that ride and tell the disney non-believer that you're only going 28 miles an hour and yet you just got that much of a thrill out of a ride they're gonna start thinking wow okay they could do this with a ride that's pretty amazing because anybody going 28 miles an hour you know in a car you're you know pulling your hair out because you're going too slow so it's one of those things that kind of will make them think, and they're going to have a good time on the ride at the same point in time. Even as a New Yorker, I don't mind going 28 miles per hour on that ride. Exactly. Kyle, what's your next attraction? This My last one's going to be the Epcot Carrot Spot. And the only reason I'm doing this for the person who doesn't go is so when they take their young kids, they can see them smile and light up. And... If you're some kind of, if you are a man and you see your child light up happy for some, for over anything, you light up as well. And go around and see Mickey and all the characters in there. You'll end up, you'll, if you have a, having a bad day, when you come out, come out of the character spot, you'll be having a great day. And even if your kids, even watching your kids light up, watching other families light up will also improve your day as well. That is absolutely awesome. Chuck, where are you going? I'm actually going to join Kyle over at Epcot, but I'm not going to do the character spot. Um, I'm going to go to... I don't know. I think I'm going to go to uh, Test Track. You know, it, it's a thrill ride. 
you know, you drive 65 miles an hour, you do that in your car, but not every day do you get to do that in Florida, in Disney World. You don't get to do all the, you know, road test stuff, which I enjoyed version one of Test Track a lot better than Tron Track that we have right now. But if you want to get someone who's not, who thinks Disney's just for kids, that's really going to be the way to do it by showing everything else that it has to offer. Okay. Tim? This time I'm actually going to go kind of quintessential Disney, and that is I'm going to take them to Epcot, and I'm going to take them to Spaceship Earth. The reason I'm taking them to Spaceship Earth is everyone knows the giant golf ball in Epcot. Everybody knows the castle, everybody knows the golf ball. They've been there for, you know, the castle's been there for 40 years, 45 years. Golf ball's been there for, you know, thirty about 35 now. Everybody knows it. So this is something that, you know, take them in, show them Spaceship Earth. Yeah, it's a little bit of a corny ride, but also, again, it's something that takes you back to the roots of Disney. It takes you back to what they what they first uh, entailed, what they wanted to do. It's one of the first things env- envisioned for Epcot. And also, it's the, hey, everyone always wants to know what's in the giant golf ball. Here's what's in the giant golf ball. Afterwards, Chuck, Tim, and I are going to go take the dads to La Cabo de Tequila. I thought that would probably be an, a wild card. But before we get to that, we still have a couple more uh, categories. And I have to do my last ride. And my last ride is going to be a very controversial one. And it's going to be one that I avoid. Are you going to wait for 75 minutes for Peter Pan? Is that what this is? <laughs> Actually, no. In this case, I All want people to enjoy Disney and basically appreciate Disney, although they might not necessarily enjoy the ride. And that's why I am going to take them to Mission Space and we are going to do the orange. I'm not going to tell them anything about it except, hey, listen, when this ride goes, it's a simulator. Whatever you do, do not look to the side. Look straight ahead at all times. But the reason why I'm going to do this is because I want to talk about how on point Disney is. And Disney worked with some Disney worked with NASA and real astronauts to create this ride to make it as authentic as it can. They report that this is how it feels to go into outer space. So I want them to just understand the pure attention to detail going back to the theming again of how the Imagineers work to make this wonderful place that we all love, and that is a prime example of it. You can't get more real than Mission Space. I completely agree, Dave. Good pick. Thank you. And now that where I've rode this during the day before I've eaten, because you know you're not going to do it afterwards, we're going to switch gears and go back to food, and we're going to talk about which table service restaurant we are going to take our guest to. Pat, where are you going? Um, I'm going back to the poly, and I have it. I actually have the word tattooed on my wrist, and it's Ohana. But I'm not going for the meat smorgasbord during the evening hours. I'm actually going there for breakfast, and I'm going to take them there for the Lilo and Friends kind of breakfast gathering. And I think it's kind of the best of all worlds. You get a great meal. Um, you get your Mickey waffles, which and Stitch waffles, which you know kind of is quintessential Disney. Um, you also get a character meet and greet, and I think they do a really good um, job interacting with the guests during this. 
Uh, so I really think that this is something that, that brings you in. You get great food with the sausage and the eggs and the pog um, juice, which is really, really good. So I think it's just a really fun time when you're there. I think my kids, out of all of them, that was the one out of the character meet and greet breakfast that we've done. They really, really enjoyed that. And, and, and if, if you see all these kids smiling and you see them going, you know, doing a dance with, you know, Mickey or Stitch or Lilo, um, it, it, it kind of just, it, it makes you happy. And that's where I would go with them for my sit-down meal. Perfect. Chuck, where are you going? Threw me for a loop there. I thought you were going to go to Kyle. Um, I think I'm going to go to Via Napoli. It gets you into the Epcot theme of authentic food uh, without having to be too adventurous. And it is some of the best food, best pizza that I've ever had. So easily Via Napoli. I think the too adventurous thing is... uh the key to that one on that because you don't know people's taste most people like pizza excellent choice Tim where are you going no question about it going to the California Grill taking them to the California Grill number one this also kills two birds with one stone I'm actually able to show them the architectural uh, feat that is the A-frame uh, contemporary resort Another one where it's the another thing where they can see the, you know, a, one of the most you know, uh, well-known symbols of oh look there's the monorail going through the hotel, so on your way up you get to see that, but then when you get up there you have no idea you are in Walt Disney World, and this is something to where you can showcase that there is some of the most top-notch dining you can find in Florida and sometimes the United States. That is a, a restaurant up there that I would stack up against pretty much anyone I've ever walked into. They have a great uh, they have a great selection of wines. They have a great selection of beers. They have a great selection of spirits. You can pair, you know, it's you can shows you that you can still be, you can still have that world class meal, and still be in a theme park, still be in a theme park resort. And not even realize it. You you get that you know you get that world class Michelin service that you could expect in New York, that you could expect in L.A., that you could expect in Chicago. So, just uh, I think it's just one of those restaurants that really showcases what Disney really can do when they put their mind to fine dining. And the icing on the cake for that one is your receipt for the day is your golden ticket. What I mean by that is you can eat there at any time from when it opens, which is uh, for dinner, so 5 o'clock. But any time you eat there, if you leave early, uh, before sundown, let's say, as long as you come back to the podium with your receipt for that day, you can go up there to watch the fireworks at any time during the day. See, now that is something I did not know. Thank you, Dave. Oh, wow, Tim. I, th- I thought you were kidding when you, you were... No, I'm, I'm not, no wow, I'm not kidding. No, it's one of one of the big uh, one of the big things. Uh, my wife and I—I I don't know why we did, but we always kind of avoided going to California Grill. I don't know why. And then a few years ago, we finally ate there, and we both looked at each other and gave this look of, "Why haven't we been coming here all the time?" I mean, it's yeah. You could have like a you could have a five o'clock seating, be done by six thirty, go off to the Magic Kingdom, see the Main Street Electrical Parade at nine, and then kind of just take that little walkway over mm-hmm. or to get hop on the monorail go back up you just kind of just go up to by the uh, check-in desk on the on the third floor 
and you just say, hi, I'm here for fireworks. Here's my receipt. I was here earlier. They check the date and they basically just say, go on up. You walk in and they welcome you. You can go back to the bar for cocktails if you want and you could watch the fireworks out on the deck. Well, honestly, thank you very much, Dave. That's uh, that's something we're going to uh, we'll definitely be utilized on the next vacation. I didn't realize that. And if any of our uh, listeners learned that, please tweet us and let us know. Kyle, where are you going? All right, for the first timer, I think it's probably one of the best restaurants to go to. It's, it's corny, it's fun, the food's not bad. Um, we're going to 50s prime time. Um, when you go in there and you, you see like the old 50s nostalgia, you look like you're going to leave at the Beaver show. And if you don't eat your green beans, Grandma is going to let you know about it. Which happened to my wife, and she ordered something and, which came with green beans. And I said, you don't like veggies, I want to order that. They'll make fun of you. No, they won't. And they sure as heck did. And she was embarrassed and red-faced the rest of the time. And I think a first-timer would enjoy being in that restaurant. It is a fun one. And you get to get the peanut butter and jelly milkshake, and that is just mind-blowingly good. That's the clincher right there. Yeah, PB and J milkshake. It's that's on my bucket. Yeah. That's, my, <laughs> that's my bucket list for October. And going to me, I'm gonna actually uh, build on something that Chuck said, but I'm actually going to go the adventurous route, and I'm gonna take uh, my guest over to Jico. And the reason is, yeah, you can be adventurous. Most people are not really familiar with the African spices that are used throughout that restaurant or some of the root vegetables that you normally wouldn't uh, find but at the same time you can get a big old hearty steak and they can work to your taste and they can uh, work to your spice level so there you have a choice of being adventurous or if you want to be more traditional and go with more of an American flair you can go there also but the artwork is another thing that I'm going to draw the people into. I'm going to play on the idea of theming again. I'm going to show them the back wall with all of the gulls flying, and I'm going to show them how, during the night, if you notice how the light starts on one side, the sun continues to move throughout the night on that mural of the hanging, of the hanging flying seagulls, because it's following the day, it's following the African sunset. I'm going to show them the rings around the post and I'm going to tell them about the Maasai warriors and how the women elongate their necks with all of these uh, different types of bracelets and that's supposed to be representative of that. So I'm going to basically bring a social studies aspect into it, talking about a whole different culture that most people are not familiar with and I'm going to play on the idea of Disney's attention to detail in Jiko. Very nice. And also, uh, for those of you who don't want to listen to Professor Dave's lecture, they have a wild boar tenderloin appetizer over there that my wife would gladly bury any of you alive for. (laughs) Professor Dave has a captivating uh, way of keeping uh, his students' attention. Yeah, it's it's called it's called chloroform. Yeah, we know. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this is why they pay me the big bucks. Catholic school teacher. And with that, gentlemen, now we are going to come to our wild card. Here, anything goes. It could be anything in Walt Disney. You have two. First round. Pat, what's your wild card? 
Um, I'm taking them to again going back to the idea of they think it's everything's expensive. So I either I'm either going to take them to the fifth gate as we discussed before, Disney Springs, or for all the new things that are going on. But I would actually love to have them go to Joffrey's and go to into Tea Traders. So you know you have your perfect cup of coffee every morning. Now you can go get your cup of tea, but you can also get some spiked drinks for adults. Or I'd take them over to the boardwalk especially at night and get the free entertainment with uh, the people there with people juggling and doing the different things that they do over there i think it's just a good uh way to say hey look disney has a lot more than just the parks and you know we can experience that but hey you don't want to spend some money you can always get a good time over here either watching some entertainment getting some singing or uh, a concert on or anything along those lines and i think it's a good way to kind of give them something else to do perfect kyle Yes, sir. What's your first wild card? Um, we are going to the Polynesian, and we're going to watch Wishes from the Beach. Okay. Um, it's my favorite place to go watch Wishes. A, is not crowded. You're not fighting for a spot. And B, when they're over, you're not fighting to get out of the parks and staying in long lines at transportation. And if we're not staying, if we're not staying on the Polys, catch a quick Uber to whatever hotel we're staying at, and... I think for the new person, seeing that aspect of the fireworks will help them say it's not that not that crowded and we'll come back again for that. Or they can choose to go actually in the park and watch it. The added bonus to that too is you can get a nice dole whip at the Pineapple Lanai and you can also catch the electric water pageant. Or a high life or a tambu lounge. Yes, that too. Or a lapu lapu. Never again. Oh, they're awesome. Both are awesome. Highlight and the lapu I'm still hungover from that one. Uh, well, I can handle my liquor, but that's another story for another time. Tim, where are you going? Magic Kingdom, the Utilidor Tour. It's something that can really captivate a lot of people. It's something that, you know, sometimes people have heard about. And one of the big things also is to show them, show someone what what all goes into running a, running a park like the Magic Kingdom. Showing the detail, showing all of the... Uh, showing all the moving parts, showing the behind the scenes. A lot of people sometimes, especially if they think something's for kids and they're, they're really not into it, they really like seeing the mechanics of things. They like seeing the inner workings. And these behind-the-scenes tours really kind of uh, give, you a, give you a big insight into that, showing how much goes into just a regular, what, what is just another day at, uh, at the Magic Kingdom theme park. Uh, you you almost look at it to where someone's looking at this thinking this is the plan that goes into a Macy's parade, a Rose Bowl parade, running a Super Bowl, and for the Magic Kingdom, yeah, that's a Wednesday. I mean that uh, it's it really shows someone all of the all of the attention to detail, all of uh, all the behind the scenes magic, just everything that uh, everything that entails what uh, what goes on. From the time those gates open till even after those gates close. Excellent choice. I got to experience that tour a couple of weeks ago for the first time, and I was blown away. That will definitely pull somebody in. And Chuck, what's your wild card? I'm going to rapid fire this one. I'm going to the, hey, it's the fifth gate. Now all of a sudden it's not the fifth gate, Disney Springs. And I'm going to Jock Lindsay's hangar bar. Dave and Kyle and myself all went there uh, in April. The theming's fantastic. The drinks are fantastic. They're expensive, but they're fantastic. Uh, the only piece of advice is don't get the souvenir cup if you have to fly home or if you plan on dropping it in your hotel room. Exactly. And that's my point. 
getting to spend the day, getting to spend the day with the two of you and your lady at that at that uh, particular time was a blast. And I did not want to be anywhere else but where everybody else was. And I had a great time at the hangar bar. So I do not hate Disney Springs. I enjoy Disney Springs, but it's just not a high priority. Methinks the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> well, you can think whatever you want, but in, when it comes down to is, I'm the host, I don't care. We're very, very aware you don't care, Dave. <laughs> and we're very impressed. And now we are going to move over to my first wild card, and I'm going to bring people to the Magic Kingdom and we're going to actually play the Pirates Adventure Scavenger Hunt game that they have. And the reason why is, again, back to the detail. You put your magic band or your, or your uh, ticket against a little uh, icon on all of these different uh, displays that they have set up, be it in restaurants or out in the open or in gift shops and all these wonderful crazy things start happening and people around stop to look at look at the show and they're wondering okay what's going on how did that happen and it's just pure whimsy it's you don't expect some of the things to happen that actually do happen in that game it kind of just shows that anything can happen in disney and it's really fun any comments agreed it's something that you should really consider. I think, uh, especially if you have young boys, it's something that they might uh, really enjoy. Too young, it might scare them, to be honest. But uh, so maybe for your old, for your older son, yeah. But I don't think the three-year-old would uh, appreciate it much. Awesome. All right, and one more round of wild cards. Pat, what's your last wild card? My last one, I'm going to stay on the theming of trying to get around Disney without spending that much money, and I'm going to go uh, resort hopping. And I think it's a great way to get people to see, again, the theming, the ideas, the thought processes, thought process, the architecture, everything that goes into these resorts. We named a bunch at the beginning, but there's also the art of animation, pop century, and just going right across the bridge from each other and seeing um, the fun areas that are over there. I think that, you know, just taking the resort loop monorail and going from one to the other or going to the Epcot resorts and, you know, seeing the boardwalk, seeing Yacht Club, seeing the Beach Club all right there. I really think that you can get such a great idea of what Disney is all about by seeing all these phenomenal resorts. And again, it doesn't cost anything. So people that always say Disney's so expensive, you know, I can give you a whole day where we could spend, you know, some money on food and that's about it. But I can keep you occupied all day by just resort hopping. Chuck, what's your next wild card? My next wild card's going to be real simple. We're going to get a cronut. The end. <laughs> Chuck, they do them better in New York. I know oh, we're, from, we're both we from go. New York, but oh, they do them better in uh, the yeah, real the New York, New yeah, York yeah. City. None of this Jesus buffalo garbage. Jesus you Hey, Dave, do you like chicken wings by chance? That one totally. You're welcome. Shit. You're welcome. Good. Much yeah. appreciated. And next Tim, thing you know, we're going to hear he's a vegan and a CrossFitter too. Jesus. And speaking of New York and having better pizza, Tim, what's your final? Uh... Aside from your blasphemous lie, sinner, uh, I'm actually going to take our guests to a special event. We are going to 
go to Epcot during the Food and Wine Festival. That is something where you can show people that, yes, Disney World may be for kids, Disney World can be for families, Disney World can also be for adults. Uh, just the vast array of food that is served, the diversity of the samples, the the cuisine, the you know the the wine, the spirits, the beer. It is if uh, if if you've ever been to a, you know Taste of Chicago, if you've ever been to you know Taste of New York, if you've ever been to some of these some of these big fests that uh, some of the bigger cities have. They uh, you know, Disney does it right. Epcot does it better you know just as good if not better than anyone else you know they give you they give you so many options and it's just right there in a nice little encompassing semicircle and the best part about it transportation for all and that takes me to my final wild card so i am going to actually take the monorail bar crawl when you take a bunch of people on the monorail bar crawl, you get all this different type of ambiance. Nice thing about you is you took the you took the idea of a family, you took the idea of a father, all sorts of people. At this point, if it's just a guy's night at that point, uh, maybe they're may, maybe they're going to be switching one night. The wives have the children, the next night, the fathers have the children. But if you're taking people out and you have just adults with you, the monorail bar crawl is the way to go. You have Misner's Lounge, a really classy joint. You have The Wave, your typical hotel-type bar that most people just kind of get together with and enjoy each other's company. Then you get over to the Poly. You have two options. You have the laid-back Tambu Lounge. Then you can go downstairs and get a, get a show at Trader Sam's. Something completely different, something that's really going to show the craziness that can be Disney over in Trader Sam's, you can't go wrong. It's because when you do order food from Misner's, it's coming from the Citrico's kitchen. So if you can't afford Citrico's for the night, or if that's just not an option for your trip, you still get to sample Citrico's cuisine while being at Misner's lab. Very nice. The other bonus for a... Uh, Monorail bar crawl is if you're at the wave and you have a um, little uh, card that says you're a DVC member, you can take guests up to the top of the world lounge and show them yet another classy joint. Well, uh, anybody else have anybody else want to weigh in on the bar crawl? No, I just uh, I I think we uh, oh. we've all put together a pretty comprehensive list of people that would be thoroughly convinced that uh, Disney Vacation would not be nearly as bad as they maybe thought it would be. Yes, yes it would. And with that, gentlemen, we are going to wrap up. Let's take a second to let our listeners know where they can find us on social media. Pat, where can you be found? On the Twitter machine, I can be found at Daily Walt Disney, and on Facebook, I can be found at Pat Gennetti. Chuck, where are you? On Twitter, I am at Chuck in the chat. Kyle, where are you? On the Twitter, you can find me at TurkeyLeg1. On the Facebook, again, if you're not easily offended, Kyle Ostrander. Tim, where are you? On Twitter, uh, at Plain underscore Tim. And on Facebook, Tim Schweska. Uh, You will find all sorts of Disney ranting, and if things keep up, 
probably a lot of ranting about the playoffs and the Cubs. And you can find me on Twitter at Figments Reality and on Facebook under Dave Koch. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening today. And I remind you, next time you go to Disney, try to see it in a whole nother light. You've just listened to another exciting episode at the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again real soon.